It's another week of the Ball with the Beast podcast presented by our great friends at Wyatt Insurance Services. Make sure to give Wyatt a call today. Check out our good friend Paul Thornberry, who joins us each and every week here on the Ball with the Beast podcast. After all, he is the beast. Alongside he and Brent Hubs, I'm Austin Price. And before we get going this year, guys, or this week, guys, I just want to toot my horn a little bit. Last week at the picks, you know, I mean, Arkansas finally came through after a death by a million paper cuts. I finally got one paper cut back on my side. In overtime. In overtime. Thanks to a missed field goal by Florida at the end of regulation. And then, you know, uh, and then Pauly took LSU. And so now all of a sudden. That was a gamble. I'll admit it. I'm right back in the thick of it. Um, uh, and, and what was a, a big win for Sam Pittman is he hopes to save his job with the Hogs. Yeah, it was an interesting weekend in the conference. Uh, obviously, the LSU team I was hoping would show up, and Tuscaloosa did not show up. And, uh, I mean, Alabama looked really good, and Milrow looked really good. And then, yeah, we Hubbard, we took uh, we took the Gators, and uh, Arkansas comes in there, and surprisingly – uh, they looked really good. Now, hey, one thing to, to caveat there, I, I should have looked this up beforehand. Raheem Sanders returned over 100 yards rushing in that game. And, and K.J. Jefferson, he was great. I get it. But but having Raheem Rocket Sanders back, uh, that was that was a big deal for Arkansas. There we go, Paulie. Nobody calls that kid. It may have influenced my pick this week. Well, I, I mean, I'll say this. They, I mean, K.J. Jefferson, just let him run, right? Like, yeah. like, there's no point in protecting him at this point. And um, just the best thing he does is run the football, let him, let him run it. And um, he, he kind of carried Arkansas down the stretch there. And that was a huge, huge win for Sam Pittman. I mean, a huge win. Bad, bad loss for Billy Napier. Um, that, that's, that's not a good loss for Billy Napier because you look at what they've got left on the schedule. Uh, they, they've got a they've got a pretty rough finish. You got Florida State. You got Missouri still left on that schedule. Um, it, you know, I don't think Arkansas is going to get bowl eligible, but that was one to, to kind of stave off the wolves a little bit. If you're Sam Pittman, we'll see what they can do moving forward here. They got a chance to they get bowl. Could. I don't think they will. But well, they the Missouri team. game, I think. I think that Missouri game will might tell the tale whether they can get bowl eligible. Which means, you know, Tennessee beats Missouri this weekend, then they play Florida, and then Arkansas to close. You know, Missouri could go from the greatest of highs heading into November to, you know, kind of a dud finish. This month could, um, you know, tell a lot of tales for them as well. Uh, around the conference, Ole Miss travels to Georgia, um, Brent, and what is a uh, a big game for any team still holding out hope, like Tennessee or Missouri for that matter, um, holding out hope that Georgia may drop a couple of games and let somebody else slide into Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, listen, Georgia's – not as good as Georgia has been the last couple of years. That's not to say they're a bad team, okay, by any means, because they're not. They're not what they have been, uh, Paul. And, and and you know what? Sometimes teams kind of have somebody's number a little bit. And for whatever reason, Missouri seems to match up well against Georgia. Yeah. They had a chance to win that game in, in, in Columbia last year, um, which was that Missouri team a year ago is not nearly as good as this Missouri team is. They had a chance. And they put themselves in a chance to win this game. I, for whatever reason, they seem to match up pretty well with Georgia. Um, Georgia just can't run it. They can't do some of the things they want to do um, overall. But they're still Georgia. And it's still all going to go through Georgia when it's all said and done. Yeah, I, you know, Brent, you said it correctly that they're not as good as they have been the last couple of years. But they're still good enough. You know what I mean? They, they play good enough on defense. They've, they've figured out who they are offensively with – with Carson Beck, I feel like um, that he's, 
you, you go as as he goes because the running game is not there. And the, to, to transition into this weekend's game, I mean, it, it'll be really interesting to, to see if, if Ole Miss can, can keep up against Georgia's defense. You know, I think Georgia will be able to score against Ole Miss – um, but can Ole Miss keep keep up? And 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 they're playing really well as well. Um, Quinchon Judkins is it feels like he's back to his old self. You know he kind of got off to a slow start at the beginning of the year, um, and he's playing really well now. Jackson Dart. You know the, the big criticism on Lane has been the last two Novembers they've kind of no showed. We talked about that last week, and what a what a massive statement game this would be for him at Ole Miss. Um, to, to be able to pull it off. And and I think they have the talent uh, to do it, but man, Georgia's just, it, it feels like one of those teams that, that, that maybe, you know, when Nick had it rolling five, six, seven years ago, that it, it, they're just so stinking hard to beat, even if they're missing maybe who you, you, you think they're, they were the year before they've just got something about them, their mentality. Um, you know, I, Hubbard, this may hurt our ears a little bit. I think Bobo's offensively coached a little bit better the last few weeks than I than I thought he was going. After he let Carson Beck kind of start flying around a little bit, they have an identity finally, which yeah, they weren't missing. Don't don't tell the Georgia fans that because they don't they don't they don't like it. They don't they don't like you like him at all. Um, you know, which takes me back. Which takes me back. I want to share this story here on the ball of the beast because it doesn't have any impact on this game. I don't think, but. Mike Bobo was the OC when Lane was the head coach at Tennessee. And, um, you know, Lane predicted the Vols would beat Georgia that year, like yeah. off the record. You know, I remember that. Teams, but because he thought Georgia was easy to defend. He thought the Bobo offense was easy to defend. Now, Georgia's changed since then. Mike Bobo's changed as a coach. But it is interesting that those two kind of go at each other, maybe – Maybe Lane will get Monty back in the in the building this week to to um, conjure That's what I was about to say. some defensive stuff to to go after this Georgia offense. But uh, yeah, you know, I think that whether they want to admit it, I don't think they want to admit it. Austin, Georgia's Georgia's identity is Carson Beck. It's yeah. it's throwing the football with a young quarterback, which makes probably makes Kirby Smart break out in hives to some degree, right? Because that's just not how he wants to play offensive football. You know, I don't think Mike Bobo has changed. He looked like he was 40 when he played at Georgia. He still looks like he's 40 um, as long as he wears a hat. Um, so, um, no, I mean, I, you're right. I mean, you know, uh, Georgia still wants to do who, who they are, be who they are, which is run the football. But I think that because they've not had as much success with that, they've had to open it up with back a little bit more. Um, can, can Ole Miss kind of hang around in this one? You know, I, I think they can. I think they'll be able to run the football. Dart's playing really, really well for Ole Miss. And I mean, to be honest with you, Lane, who's you know just been captain, you know, transfer portal, has kind of you know pieced it all together. I mean, like you almost feel like Ole Miss is kind of held together by band aids at points, but they they keep winning. And uh, you know, Carson Beck has, has started to play really good football. I mean, you know kind of realizing kind of his ranking coming out of high school. And um, I think this is going to be a really good football game. I think for Tennessee and Missouri, both teams who are holding out hope that, you know, Ole Miss can beat Georgia and present a little doubt before Georgia comes to Neyland next weekend. It's good that you play that game ahead of this game. Because, you know, you're going to go into it thinking, okay, we have a shot. You know, we have to go take care of business. We still have a shot. And then 
then the chips will fall where they may at that night game at seven o'clock with Georgia and Ole Miss and Athens. But that, that it's gonna be an extremely tough atmosphere. Um, Ole Miss got to survive the start. I mean, they've yeah. they've got to survive the start. Kentucky could not. Now Kentucky's not as good as Ole Miss, but Kentucky was out of that game before it ever got started. Ole Miss cannot let this game get away from them in the first quarter. That they've got to get settled in quickly in the game. Missouri did a good job of that last week. Can Ole Miss do that this week on the road? Two teams who cannot afford to lose another game are the Gators and the Tigers at LSU. Now, LSU's in a little better spot than Florida is, but Florida needs another win for bowl eligibility. They close out with three really tough ones, LSU at Missouri, and then, of course, Florida State out of conference. And uh, if they're going to make a bowl game, they're going to have to get one of these next three. LSU, Brian Kelly can't really afford to lose another one either. He's already dropped three this year. Yeah, I think it's um, – I mean, this is an LSU favorite team. I, I, I don't know how else to, to think about it. They're at home, offensively way more explosive than, than Florida, even though Florida can score points, even against Arkansas, what, I think 36 points last week. Um, put up a ton of points, uh, uh, you know, take out the Georgia game. They, they've been able to score some points. But uh, I just don't think – you know, I don't think they – Graham Mertz is a quarterback. I, I know he's had a couple of good games, like I said, but I just don't think they can keep up with Jaden Daniels. And this is a this is a big game for Billy Napier, though. He's – yeah, I, I don't know if – would you call Tennessee a signature win that early in the season? Yeah. Maybe. But, by, but are people going to remember that come December? No, I mean, you know, Billy Napier, the Florida coach, is until conference realignment finishes and – we get rid of, you know, the, this traditional rival games and everything else. I mean, at Florida, you're judged by three games. Tennessee, well, really four, but you got the Tennessee game, you got the Georgia game, you got the LSU game, and you got Florida State. Yeah. And right now, I mean, he, he's got one um, in his career, and, that, and that's Tennessee. And so uh, this one's uh, – I think this is a tough matchup for the Gators. Here's my thing. Is, is Jaden Daniels – is he the Heisman – should he be the Heisman Trophy winner, Paul? Yeah, no, not right now. I Who think it's ahead too of him? Who you got ahead of him? Brock Bowers. All right. See, see I think it's still too early. Who's going to have – Too early. Who's going to – yeah. It's, early, it's, too, it's November hey, – Who Right now, who, you, who do you like? Who's in your conversation? Let's put it that way. Yeah, time. okay. Jaden Daniels is in the conversation. I think Michael Penix has to be yep. in the conversation. That, that's, that's who where my mind goes to right now is he has two signature wins – uh, and maybe that USC win doesn't feel as gra- glamorous, but you know he's dueling against the potential number one overall draft. He takes a huge step this week if they beat Utah at Utah. Yeah, that means they'll be USC, and, USC, Utah, Utah, and Oregon just, at home. I just don't. And now, obviously, Caleb Williams a year ago um, did it. I think USC had three losses last year, right? And Jaden Daniels, LSU has three losses, but man, I just. Because I, 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 I think in two weeks, LSU, LSU could be seven and five in two weeks. It could be. You're right. And, and I don't think I'm, I'm saying right now. I mean, again, nobody should vote. On I think I still go with Michael Penix right now, just because he has a couple signature moments. He that, that drive against Oregon. Now we don't get you don't get to watch uh, unless you're intentionally looking to watch Pac-12 football. Our, our mind, we're not. I would. We're, we'd all rather watch you know an SEC game than random Pac-12 sure. football. So that's why I think. It's a little bit skewed. Jane Daniels in the conversation, but I think I'm going with Michael Penix right now. Yeah, and, and, you know, to your point, Penix was atrocious against Arizona. He played Man, that's, against oh. Arizona. But nobody saw that game, right? Yeah, I mean, you're right. He finished like at 2.45 in the morning. I'm the only one watching that game on the East Coast. 
just because, hey, football's on and I get a chance to sit down and do anything, not do anything and watch football. He was really, really bad in that game. Hmm. Uh, they, they stole that game on a questionable pass interference call, but nobody pays attention to that. All the highlights they do see, and that is the signature wins that he has, which, which helps them, no doubt. And yeah. in North Alabama that night, you heard, I mean, that's why we cut him. <laughs> oh, God. Don't even. Oh, that's oh. earlier in the year when the Jackson kid was starting at Indiana. What, Tennessee had like four former commits or players starting at football programs around the country? It was something weird like that. Oh, it's pretty, oh, not a good well, sign. Quarterback decisions the last 15 years have not exactly been. Uh, have worked out. The best. Have been the strength of the ball program. I haven't worked out. We, yeah. although, although Josh Dobbs ended up being a good player for Tennessee. God, what a great story from this weekend. Can we just de- – what – that's – how many people – we all got to know Dobbs really well. Butch how, May, baby. How many people could have done what he did, what he and Kevin O'Connell did with him telling him to play until right when the mic cut off? I mean, it's unbelievable. Less than half a percent. Maybe not even that. It's unbelievable. I think it's a pretty, I think it's a whole discussion for a later date, but I think it's a pretty fascinating thing to learn how in depth you can get on the headset. And why wouldn't, why would there be a college coach out there not interested in having one of those? Because how much could you help a freshman quarterback in the college game by just going no huddle? Hey, we'll call it at the line. And you got your Waffle House menu over your face. You go, hey, we're going high-low to the right here. We're tied in to the slot receiver, and your back's the late release. Okay, go. I, I always feel like college I've football. I've that line all week. I've heard him say it like four or five times. Why, why does college football is so archaic? So I watch high school. You know, Markel played high school football, and they're on the sidelines, and they're watching huddle in between series. The offensive line is around a TV and they're all watching huddle. They can watch film as the, the game's gone. You go to the NFL, they have the tablets. It's not film, but they're watching. They're they're looking at every single picture, right? Like it's film, they're swiping through. And then you've got the headsets. And then here comes college football. And we have a sign, a signal scandal going on because they won't embrace technology. And oh, well, none of the school, not all the schools have enough money. Man, those helmet little – you have enough for the all the coaches to have receivers. Like, it would take another, what, hundred, couple hundred bucks to put them in some helmets? Tradition, I just don't get it. tradition never graduates, Paul. Never forget that. <laughs> it feels like that sometimes. But, yeah, hey, kudos to Dobbs. But, yeah, outside of that, Tennessee's quarterback uh, recruiting has not, uh, has not panned out well the last you, 15 years. You, you, do you know what the old-school college football way of doing things is, Paul? Lame, lame, lame. <laughs> um, the old school ball question. Oh, that's old right there. Um, it's probably 20 years old these days. Now we turn our attentions to a Como, uh, or as I call it, the Boneyard. If you've ever seen the Boneyard scene from The Lion King where the hyenas and Scar live, that's what it's like driving from St. Louis to Columbia, Missouri. That's 100% um, correct. Number you see, dead, instead of dead gazelles, it's dead bucks. We at one point thought AP was going to be a, a dead animal on the side of the road driving from St. Louis to, to Columbia one day. That's right. I was sick. Um, we all get sick at one point in our life. That's right. Um, I just happened to get sick when it was three degrees, and I sent Sarah Mitchell out into the cold to shoot that game. Um, even though I got better, I got to feeling a little bit better at halftime. I was like, eh, she can have it. <laughs> she can um, finish it out. She, 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 she wants to be able to say she shot the whole game. Um, this is a game, you know, t- 
Tennessee has ran wild against Missouri the last couple of years, uh, and now Tennessee's running attack is as strong as it's ever been. Yeah, I, man. Every week I say this, and I'm going to continue that that the Jalen Wright. Um, you know, I know there's been some injuries in the SEC and the running back stable this year, but who, who's a better running back than him in the, in the conference right now? Well, technically, by stats, the running back at Missouri, but, uh, you know, not quite the same because he but, gets a lot more carries. But, but Jalen Wright, he'll carry the ball 12 times and have, a, you know, 117, 118 yards. Carry the ball eight times and have 106 yards. I mean, I, I, that's what's the most – um uh, impressive thing to me is is when Tennessee sticks with the run, the guy's gonna pop one. You know, obviously he did it against UConn at the beginning of the game and, and it, we were expecting that. But even against tough teams, man, when Tennessee sticks with it, he pops one and then he consistently gets six, seven yards and AP. I think I think you're correct. I think Tennessee's running game is gonna be the key. Now Milton's been playing really well. Um, and he has not been making mistakes, and that's the kind of ball he has to continue to play. Tennessee has to stay on schedule. Uh, they, they, you know, I don't think uh, Columbia, Missouri is not as intimidating a place to play a game as Tuscaloosa or Athens. Uh, so they can't have the pre-snap penalties that has killed them on the road the last couple of years. Um, and, and they've got they've got to stay ahead of the change because because when they do, that allows them to stay on the ground, and then allows these dynamic running backs to, to pop off a, a long run, a game-breaking run. And so that's – for me, that's a key in my mind. Can they stay on schedule um, I, and not just have the, the dumb penalties we've seen some them have early in the games that kind of set them back? Now, you know, SEC officiating, it's a wild card. We'll, we'll go ahead and call it what it is. You never know what you're going to get from them. But can you not just beat yourself? Because I think if you do, yeah, Missouri can score, but I don't think they can stop you from scoring. So can Tennessee's defense get a couple stops? I think that, that's that's a big deal this game. Yeah, it's all about red zone too. I mean, yeah, yeah. in the red zone. On the road in the SEC, Tennessee's 3 of 10 in the red zone in terms of touchdowns mm-hmm. scored. Uh, they've only scored three touchdowns and 10 trips on the road in SEC games. you got to be better in the red zone against Missouri. Yeah, you may get some chunk plays. Tennessee's chunked Missouri to death for the last two years. You might get a player or two like that, but you're also going to have to finish off some drives. And this is this game is going to be about scoring touchdowns, not field goals. Because Austin said it all week long, and Austin, I agree with you. Missouri's going to move the football. Can you can you bow up and force field goals and not give up touchdowns when, when they get on your side of the field? Uh, and conversely, can you finish in the end zone if you're Tennessee's offense? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I just think, you know, when the field shrinks for both teams – who has the most success. And, and I think that comes back down to tackling, um, you know, not letting, you know, somebody get a bunch of yards after contact. It goes back down to Joe throwing the ball with a little bit more touchdown around the goal line. You know, he's shown the ability to improve and do that. You look at the McCallum Castles touchdown to Alabama, but he's also missed a couple too. So, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, who converts in the red zone best probably determines who wins this football game. I look at it, Tennessee is still – uh, you know, they're averaging over 60 the last two years. And I don't think they're going to get 60 this year, at least I don't think. I mean, maybe they do. Um, you know, if they do, they're definitely going to win. But my point is, like, you know, is it are they really going to drop back down and score 23? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I just think that there's going to be opportunities there to, to to score some points. And that's why I think, you know, this is a, a really good spot for Tennessee to go on the road, get win number eight, 
and 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 you know, in effect, really get win number nine because no one's really chalking up Vanderbilt as a, a real comp competition. Yeah. Then you're playing the house of money. You're either playing for the East because Georgia lost to Ole Miss, or you're playing the number one team in the country to get ten wins. And and at that point, you have a chance to maybe slide in the backside of the New Year's Six. So, I mean, I, I think it would be. You know, th this one's a big one for a number of reasons. And we say that, you know, we've said that the last few weeks, you know, but I mean, like this one, you know, on the road, comparable competition, real opportunity. Yeah, and yeah. I, th I think the pressure's on Missouri here, too. I mean, Eli Drinkowitz is looking for a, for, a, for a signature, for a signature win in his career. He's played some, I mean, a signature win, the signature game right now is, you know, he, he was one stop away from beating Georgia last year in, 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 at, at home. And he played him really close this year. That's kind of the highlight at this point, right? So he's sure. looking for one um, as well. So interesting matchup, Paul. Well, and and you mentioned the uh, the red zone. I don't know if this is if this is true or just something. I feel like Milton has been a more willing physical runner the last four weeks. Yeah, uh, he 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 has been much more willing to lower his shoulder, not just take you know, not just take the easy way out. He he's been he seems to be pulling it down a little bit earlier and going and getting the you know eight ten twelve yards and that's that's I think that's helped open up some things offensively for them or, or it's helped keep drives alive where we weren't seeing that and is that a, is that something in the red zone we'll see come and play too his willingness to to pull it down and 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 go get five or six instead of an incomplete pass or getting run out to the sidelines where you're having to throw it away. Um, I think that's been something that's that's come on um, the last few weeks that I, I think it should help in a game like this. Um, any small thing like that to keep a drive alive, especially in the red zone where you get an extra four or five yards instead of an incomplete pass or a throwaway is a big deal. The small things matter, and that includes our good friends at Wide Insurance Services. Paulie, you guys are there, you know, rain, snow, sunshine, always there to help your clients. And, uh, you know, I know that the client base is very, uh, very important to you. They're like family. Yeah, absolutely. And AP, you mentioned that, that the details matter. They, they do an insurance almost more than anything. So many people have had a claim or a business have had a claim and, and, and it wasn't covered by their, their insurance company because they didn't know their coverages properly. And, and we take a lot of pride in that, making sure that you understand every aspect of your insurance policy, whether that's with your business or with your you know, your, your home, your auto, whatever it is, or um, on the healthcare side to make sure your employees are taken care of. We get into the details. We help educate our clients so that they are confident in the decisions they're making where, you know, we talk to so many business owners and managers where they, well, I never really knew what I had. And, and we want to clean that up. We don't want you to feel uh, like it's it's muddy in terms of what you're paying for for your insurance coverages. So we love getting into the details and helping our clients learn more about their coverages. So absolutely give us a call at 865-862-3997 or shoot me an email at Paul at Wyatt Insurance and we'll absolutely uh, help you understand more about what your business and your family needs uh, for insurance. Really strong insurance group over there uh, and, and can help any place inside the state of Tennessee especially if you're in East Tennessee. The only thing stronger, though, were my picks last week. Eight and oh, Polly. Eight and oh, look at me. I'm right back in the thick. Polly's got a one-game lead at 73 and 12. Austin and Brent tied at 72 and 13. 
what a show last week. I'm going to jump you this week, Paulie. At least I think. I don't no, know. I took, a, I took a gamble with LSU. I took a gamble. I thought I'd break it wide open. I mm-hmm. thought I had a, I, I thought I had a couple games to play with because I did not see. I did not see Arkansas beating Florida. And then we had a missed kick at the end of the game and sent it to overtime. But but I uh, still have the lead. It's the most important thing. So I'm, I'm interested to see how the picks turn out this week. Do we have a – I don't know what will happen. Yeah, the picks are in. Let's take a look at the first handful of games before right, we get here to the Missouri Tennessee pick. And it is chalk across. Whoa! The <laughs> no <laughs> movement this week. But who's there to pick it up? I mean, the only one I toyed with on this one, to be honest with you, was Auburn at Arkansas. Because yeah. can Arkansas handle a little success? Auburn on the road, not not been very good. Um, Arkansas with a little footing. Maybe, and you mentioned the run game coming back. Uh, that Auburn defense is pretty good. That's a toss-up game there. I thought somebody might go Auburn in an upset, but uh, I knew Austin was going with the fight in Sam Pittman's because he's he's leading that bandwagon. So I just kind of I just kind of nestled in behind him for a draft because I I'll pick up a game or two on him later in the year, but I wasn't going to take a chance on losing one there. That was a strategy pick by me. Pitt, Pittman Pittman. Finishing strong, hanging on. Derek Dooley is the OC at Arkansas next year, playing Tennessee. That's what we all want to see. That's going to happen. You Dooley goes in uh, to to run the offense in in Fayetteville. I honestly thought about it, much like I did a week ago when I thought about taking Jacksonville State against South Carolina, and I didn't. I thought about taking Vanderbilt. I had no no thoughts to take. I mean, Bama's easy. I thought South Carolina was easy. Hubbard, I was with you. I thought about Arkansas at, or Auburn at Arkansas. I really thought about it. But just what we saw last week offensively out of Arkansas versus – if, if Arkansas can score 30, I don't, I don't think Auburn can. I think it was I, – I think it was that easy. Uh, I, I took a second to think about taking Ole Miss at Georgia. And then I quickly just said, no, I don't, I don't know that I trust. I don't know that I trust. Here, part of it is I don't know that I trust Lane to win a big game in November until I see it. I got to see it to believe it, however. Um, and then, yeah, Florida at LSU, give me LSU all day. And then State coaching change. I, I, I think that thing is uh, all going to be a one-year deal. Which one? Mississippi State. I oh, know. yeah. Uh, yeah. You can, I, I don't think the guy's contract is guaranteed the way they wrote it. Yeah, the buyout's like four million. Yeah, uh, I think it's a one-year kind of. Yeah, I think. Um, what well, he, he screwed up is he tried to change too much. You know, I mean, look at Lenore City on a, on a local level here. Their coach, you know, got relieved of his duties in the summertime, and you know they run basically the single wing. And what they do, you know, brought in you know former coach Zeller, who was the coach there for a long time. He's just kind of you know running the day-to-day in operations. They kept everything the same. Like Arnett tried to come in and like, oh, we're gonna change everything. Like you know, I. Quarterback's not really set up for that. Like, you know, it, they've just been a disaster on offense when all you could think about them um, under Mike Leach was offense. So, um, you know, I, I just think that that's set up. All right, Paul, let's get to your Tennessee and Missouri prediction. Who you taking? I have a feeling we all know who you're taking. Yeah, you know what? Uh, give me the t- – no, give me the balls. Are you kidding me? Give me the balls, AP. Like AP mentioned it. We were talking a little bit off air. I, I – you know, I, I wrestled with this. Missouri, this is the best team that Drinkowitz has had. Um, but 
the way the running game Tennessee has just been able to dominate Missouri the last couple of years, I think gives me the deciding edge. Uh, Milton, as long as he can take care of the ball and they don't waste possessions, they don't give away possessions, they, they get into scoring opportunities. Uh, and you are going to need more touchdowns than field goals, uh, but just get points against a team like Missouri no matter what. Don't give the ball away. Don't give an easy one away. Um, so I, I think Tennessee at Missouri, and, and part of it too is – in my experience, it's just not a, it's not a very tough place to play. Uh, it, you know, it's 3.30. Is everyone in Columbia going to actually show up for the game or they got something else going on? Are they going to sit on those white rocks for four quarters in the end zone and be loud? I mean, that's a what a horrible place to sit and watch a football game for four hours. You know, that CBS, CBS you know, it's going to be a four, four and a half hour game. So, yeah, give me, give me Tennessee in this one. Uh, I, I really like the Vols in this matchup. So. I, I, I think the the weather is huge in this one. I mean, instead of playing at night and forty and thirty degrees, you're playing at three thirty. High is going to be right around sixty degrees. Yep. I mean, sixty in November in Columbia, Missouri. I mean, geez, it's a miracle. Like going to the Bahamas. I mean, like <laughs> I looked that up this week, AP. I looked up the weather in Columbia, Missouri on Saturday when I saw all sunny, sixty degrees is a high right about kickoff. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's I mean, they're going to play that game in the sixties and fifties. I mean, like that's a huge win for the balls. Um, yeah. I'm 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 with Paul. Like I just you know for, for my like and I you know we'll pick ours on, on Friday. Here's what I was surprised by: the over under was only like 58. I, I'm you know that's a 28 30 game. I, I'm I'm stunned by that. I I think this gets closer to 40 for both teams. I can see that. 42, 40, 42, 38, something like that. That's where I, I like, see it. Even I like Tennessee if they're if they're in the 40s. I, I like Tennessee if they got 40 points in this game. I, I really do. And that's not a knock on Missouri's offensively, but, I mean, boy, that means Tennessee's really, really, really humming and really clicking on offense. I, 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 think, I think Tennessee could be comfortable if they're in the 40s. Well, what do you think? I mean, you, if it's in the high twenties, thirties, you, you you feel a little bit better about Missouri. Uh, I, I think it's much more of a toss up. Then, then I then I think red zone really comes into play. Yeah, you, know, okay. you get you get that you get that drive in the third quarter. You know, somebody's got a chance to go up two possessions. Do you do you kick a field goal and make it a six point game, or do you score a touchdown and make it a ten point game? That's where that gets interesting in the second half. That's a good point, Hubbard. That's a good point. Yeah, if they're if they're in the forties, that means they're kicking that they're scoring touchdowns and not kicking field goals. But if they're in the high twenties, thirties, they're kicking field goals, and that's, I mean, I just I just can't imagine as much as they run wild and as good as this running game. Now that's going to be on hype too. He's got to trust the run game, stay on it in the second half. Hopefully, Jalen Wright. I I get it against UConn. He this you know you don't play him in the second half, but don't let him disappear either. I don't know if that's his thing where he's getting tired or something, but. I don't know how you don't give them 20, 22 carries. And I love Samson. I think Small is a good back. But, man, this is a game where I just – I ride that kid until it's – you know, I, I give him 22, 25 carries. Well, if they do, then he's running for 177, two scores, Paulie. It's going to be going to be a nice night for the Vols. A lot of good points made on this podcast. We'll be back with you next week where we'll preview the Georgia game and the rest of the SEC action. Be sure to like and subscribe. Get this out to more. Tennessee and SEC fans, and give Paul a call today at Wyatt Insurance Services, the number 865-862-3997. As for Paul, he might even tell you a good front pocket wallet story from time to time. <laughs> he is Paul Fornberry and Brent Hubbs. I'm Austin Price for the Ball with the Beast podcast presented by our great friends at Wyatt Insurance Services. 